You're listening to DraftKings Network. Do they want to make the playoffs? Does anybody want wild card two in the East or West? I'm asking for a friend. It feels like no one wants to go. They've reached their cruising altitude. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. They're crash landing right crash. now after losing to crash landing in San Jose. They're oh done. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I am joined by just one of the most incredible storytellers I know. I'm going to have her tell you about the story she just released today uh, as she tells us how she's doing. Sarah Sivian, what's going on? Oh, you always touch my soul. I'm I'm good. Just It's finally nice out in Boston. So you know there's going to be at least one more snowstorm. But we're feeling good. The vibes are high. And what's your story about so that people can check it out if they haven't already, oh, which would mean okay. they're foolish. Oh, it's about 43 Oak, which is a foundation nonprofit that I learned about a few weeks ago. Um, Sean Grevy is the founder and CEO, and he is just an incredible guy. He grew up in Philly in kind of the inner city, and he always loved hockey. But sometimes, like, I don't know, I, I would suggest to read the story, but he didn't come from money and he in his neighborhood none of his friends could play and he would have to go out of his neighborhood to play and he moved to new york came into some money through his own hard work at his job and looked around and said oh it's the same situation here let me fund these people's hockey careers and, and it's just interesting because what he was talking about to me was that there's Yes, there's learn to play. Yes, there's hockey is for everyone. But these are for the bare bones for kids that can go on and play rec league or maybe like or get hand me down equipment. But what if a kid goes into these programs, ends up being really, really good at hockey and it could get him or her an education? I would just check out the story, but it, it bridges a gap for people that can actually play in college or higher level, because that is where the expenses really, really start to come in and funds that, but also teaches kids about financial literacy and all these things. Like there's so many money grabs nowadays. It's it's kind of like how to identify a scam, which is so helpful if you're not already in the click. So I just thought it was fascinating that it actually touched on these things instead of being like, okay, we gave eight guys a scholarship or whatever. It's like, no, they're following through. And I got to talk to one of them who is at UMass Dartmouth now and has graduated the program. And it's just kind of like, he was just saying like three of the other guys who are now getting older in the program came back to skate and it was just so touching. Like they're, they've come full circle and now they have a community that they feel safe and included in. That's awesome. And we've talked about this before. Sarah is many, many things and not just a great, awesome, funny, witty Twitter account and not just style rankings, but she keeps giving us tremendous stories and we love her for it. Uh, we would not be too many men without someone who continues to make sure that my stupid viz brain stays on the front of the of things and doesn't use the same charts I used like 10 years ago. Um, and that is the incredible, the genius athletics, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. 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 All right, my friends. That's, well, all let's, that's all you get. Usually we've been changing. We've been stretching our rules lately. Yeah, Gotta get back to it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friends. Well, let's get back to it. We're going to start to break down the craziness that is in the West. Um, and Tampa Bay fans, you're welcome because we talked poorly about your team and then they actually finally won a game. So 
good for us. You can send us all your monies. Um, but it's kicked ass in that game. They did. I mean, everybody was talking about them, like, get it together, get it together. And I guess they finally grew some shame. So. Well, it wasn't until we talked about them, Sarah. See, keep it, keep of it. Course. With, the brand is strong. Um, but yes, uh, it is time for Sarah Sivian's favorite segment, Sarah. Bitto news. Bitto news. The braids look great. I love them. Uh, oh. Here we go. Uh, this came out a couple days ago on, on the 27th of March. I'm reading the reporting from the TSN hockey account. And they're reporting it as a developing story that players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team will not be allowed to play for the national team until an investigation of an alleged group sexual assault is completed, Hockey Canada told TSN in a statement on mon on Monday. Rick Westhead, of course, continues his brilliant work um, by telling the story. I would encourage you all to read it, but um, we remember that this seems to be taking the longest amount of time in history for a group of people that they know exactly finitely who was there and have a statement, but I digress. Um, we've talked about taking action. Shana, what is your read on this step by new leadership at Hockey Canada, but maybe putting in some consequences or at least some detriments to not acting on serious accusations such as this? Yeah, I mean, like, does it suck for the players who weren't involved at all? Of course, but it's nice to see that there's some consequences to their actions, right? Like we stress it all the time. It's privilege playing the NHL. There's only so many slots. That's even more so true for Team Canada and playing for your country. It's a different pride that players take in it. And these players who were involved in a situation put on the jersey and I don't want to say like, oh, they disgrace the jersey, but they disgrace themselves as human beings. So you don't deserve the honor to wear it again. And, you you know, until things are remedied, it's not, oh, forever. But I, maybe in this case, it could be, you know, because, again, there's so many spots available. It just makes a lot of sense. So, you know, hopefully the investigation can keep moving and things can start trending in the right direction for that situation. But for the time being, just putting their foot down and saying, you know what? Absolutely not here. There's 23 spots available and none of you have done anything to earn it with this situation still looming. You know, I feel like that's it's it's a start, right? Sarah, of course, the implication is that if the results of this um, investigation are released, that obviously innocent players would be allowed to participate um, while hopefully further action will be taken against those who may be responsible for this horrific assault. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard this story? Yeah, obviously. This just shows sometimes when people want, I mean, I guess immediate answers, that's just not how court of laws work. So it's like you have to be patient if you are even adjacently involved in something like this. I mean, I also saw on Twitter, there was a Flyers reporter talking about the implications for Carter Hart, who was on the team and at the event, allegedly, whatever. But I saw people kind of ripping him to shreds, like, why would you talk about this? The victims are more important. And I do think Two things can be true at the same time. I think if you're a reporter on the Philadelphia Flyers, you're allowed to talk about the implications for Carter Hart in this. And I don't think it means you don't care about the victims. I do think, I don't know, it might be smart to say in front of a tweet, like, obviously, this is the least of our worries right now, but it is my job as a Flyers reporter to touch on this. It can be, I can understand how it comes up as callous, but I also think when your job is to report on a specific team, People want to know about these implications and they are important for the team, even if they're not nearly, nearly, nearly as important as the victim. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is part of, of the 
hopefully intention, right, of, of making this statement and putting this out there is that you have to call upon other pressures. If your pressure to get an investigation moving or resolved isn't working, um, right or wrong, the pressure of, of the press reporting these things might also encourage players. And, and I certainly do not know the ins and outs of this investigation. Let me be very clear. But pressure coming from all sides to put a spotlight on the story and bring it to some sort of closure could could be part of their goal as well. Um, we do have one other bit o news slash slightly part of our usual shit list um, because uh, only slightly because we don't know actually what this might turn out to be. Um, and y'all, again, we wish we didn't have to keep talking about this either. But as of Wednesday, um, it was reported by um, the Ottawa News that Gary Bettman made some statements about uh, the Pride jerseys. Um, and I quote this article, um, Gary Bettman is, say, is quoted as saying, this is the first time we've experienced that, meaning players not wanting to wear them. And I think it's something that we're going to have to evaluate in the offseason. This is one issue where players, for a variety of reasons, may not feel comfortable wearing the uniform as a form of endorsement. But I think that's become more of a distraction now because the substance of what our teams and we have been doing and stand for is really being pushed to the side for what is a handful of players basically have made personal decisions. And you have to respect that as well. Um, again, I believe all three of us are just quite frankly sick of having to dissect this narrative. This shouldn't be this big a deal, but there's nothing like a response to a little bit of pressure when you're trying to create social change other than to say, well, maybe we'll just backpedal the entire thing. I mean, just shockingly, shockingly peak NHL. Um, we don't know if anything will change. We don't know um, if Gary Bettman is going to say, no, we're doing it or we're not, or maybe this is just an element that changes. We don't know any details yet, but a little concerning that it wasn't a blanket statement of supporting the efforts as intended while there are other theme Jersey nights continuing in the league. Sarah, what was your reaction to Bettman's comments? The hypocrisy of his statements is consistently the most aggravating thing in the world. I wish he would just say, I mean, and I do understand that he's the commissioner of the NHL and that he has been a lawyer and that he has a job to cater to the owners and cater to a lot of things. And this might not be his opinion of his own self, but he signed up for this job. And I just, these hypocritical statements where he says hockey is for everyone. And then he says something like this. I don't understand how he justifies that in his brain and in all the inconsistencies of things he says and the blanket statements. When I ask him whatever happened to um, like the pride ambassadors and stuff like that. And he's like, we're working on so many new initiatives. Okay. So we're taking another one away maybe. And yeah, again, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but even that statement, it's just not even a crumb of support, not even a sprinkle of support for the LGBTQ plus community. It was not even defending a piece of rice. That's, 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 like what I, that's what I was looking for. That was the money phrase. But he's just supporting the players that didn't, and it becomes about that. And he's the distraction, the word distraction just really bothers me. Shayna, I'm sure you're as sick of talking about this as we are. You're sick of seeing people not just say this is what's right and we need to fight for it. Um, your Any additional thoughts um, on Bettman's comments? I can think of 3,000 distractions this season alone that the NHL didn't have much to say about, including investigations and poor coaching and horrible people and hockey culture. There is so much in the world that is distracting. Um, we're multifaceted people that can handle distractions and you can still do your job anyway i don't think anybody's game is being affected except for the florida panthers if we want to have that conversation um i've got our friend had the perfect tweet about it and how the panthers 
uh, playoff odds have plummeted since, and it's all a part of God's plan. And you know what? I believe in religion all of a sudden, just like that. But I think you need to listen to the statements if you're Gary Bettman of someone like Rasmus Anderson and uh, Jared Anderson Dolan, I believe it was too, to understand why these nights are important. But if you want to scrap them because you don't want to deal with it, by all means, take your St. Patrick's Day jerseys, take your military appreciation night, take everything except for maybe Hockey Fights Cancer. That's the only one that I would say can stay. Ditch them all then and be as bland as bland can be and continue you know, wondering why you're the worst of the major leagues in this country. It's all self-inflicted. It's so simple to say, hey, these are league-mandated jerseys. I will say our friend Chris Watkins brought up something kind of important that no other league does pride nights. Sure. So you kind of have to like, we can keep our foot on the neck of the league while also being like, okay, I'm not, and I'm not defending the league by any right. means, but why don't other leagues do pride? What if imagine the NFL doing a pride night? I wonder how that yeah. would go over. And it just shows us how much more work we have to do. But it just also shows it's interesting with like, I don't know. There's a lot of NBA nights that are very for racial equality because there's a predominantly black players in the NBA. So I don't know if, what I'm getting at here, but I do think no. it's interesting how all that works. And I'd never thought about that before. And one more thing, I want to give props to Calgary for an amazing pride night and everybody seemed so on board. And even Daryl Sutter, I've rolled my eyes at his sarcastic comments a lot, but I, again, with the Connor McDavid thing too, like he was, Sarca it's 2023. He's sarcastic about this in the same way. He's consistent. So I'll give him I, a slice of rice. That's yes, the most fun for Daryl Sutter. I still don't like him, and that's not going <laughs> to yeah. change. But you know what? Maybe you can have two slices of rice. You can't have a bowl. We're not there. Not a cup. Nothing. But a no, that's a, that's <laughs> that's a really good point, though. That no one else has Pride Nights. Like, what? What's the middle ground to this? Like, I don't know. But it would just it would be really disappointing if a couple players. That was all started by Provorov. Like, if that takes away from something that we can see how important it is to fans, there's like if teams on their own could do something, and you know the league takes it away, but teams like the Avalanche are like, hey, we still want to celebrate on our own, or the Kraken are like, we still want to do something, and they have the leeway to do it. That that's some sort of middle ground, but I don't know how many teams would do it, right? We know teams like the Rangers, the Blackhawks, the Wild, they're gonna be like, no, but I can't see the Kings or the Kraken being like, no, we're done, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. I, I thought Chris Chris's comments definitely made me think. Um, but I am going to wrap this segment and just going back to those Calgary Flames jerseys. Uh, if you did not see Rasmus Anderson's comments, they are a must listen. Um, let's end on a positive of Calgary Flames. Beautiful, fantastic yeah. Pride Night. If anyone wants to send me any Calgary Including Flames. Including Kadri, would you look at that? <clears throat> If you, anyone wants to send us Flames Pride merch, we are here for it, along with the Rainbow Shark from San Jose. We crave we crave that sweet, sweet merch. Um, all right, friends. Uh, we talked all East hockey last episode, and the West stomped its feet and said, pay attention to us. And so we must. Um, in what was the perfect nightmare scenario, uh, about a week ago, if you looked at the Western Conference standings, you were pretty sure that Seattle was going to get in, maybe most likely a wild card spot. You didn't know which one. You were pretty sure that Calgary and Nashville were out of it, especially after Nashville only gets one point out of two games against Seattle last weekend. It was all very interesting. Winnipeg has been a top of their division most of this season. And then in what I thought was hilarious, uh, the mid-off, 
occurred last night where Nashville goes into Boston, who admittedly is um, doing some load management strategy with a lot of their stars. Boston loses to Nashville 2-1. L.A. loses to Calgary 1-2. And Winnipeg, oh, Winnipeg, gets shut out by, you know them, the powerhouse San Jose Sharks. And now Winnipeg, (laughs) again, which had been top of the Central for a vast part of this season, is currently sitting in the second wild card spot, three points behind Seattle, and Calgary is just four points behind them, and Nashville is just one point behind Calgary. This is insane. It's also hella entertaining, and again, I encourage you, if you're not paying attention to the West, please do, because some fun stuff is happening. Sarah, of all of this craziness and all of our expectations basically being blown to bits, What is the most shocking part of what's happening right now in the Western Conference to you? I mean, I want to say it's the Jets because I believed in them this year and everybody was like, hold your horses, they're going to do this. And here they are again. They have only won seven of their last 21. And um, Mr. Bonus had some comments where he was like, if they think they're giving it their all, he needs to, this is the time to put your foot on the brake, on the gas, not on the brakes, on the gas with public comments because literally it is playoffs or not. And I, I think... What you always say rings true where you can't qualify for the playoffs in the beginning of the season, but you can lose them at the end. And we're just seeing the prime examples of that right now, because this is when inevitably for a lot of teams that are really good, the wheels kind of start to fall off because they're putting all this effort in, but you just have to keep going. And and you mentioned bonuses, comments on the bloom is certainly off that rose. Um, This was the coach who was saving a team that seemed to be on its last gasp. Um, with a lot of its big stars, question marks um, after this year and this kind of being the end of a of a window that's been closing for a little while now. Shayna, what is the storyline you're most interested in in the Western Conference right now? It's also the Jets, honestly. Like they, it was like I want to say like 20 games ago, I was on Sabres Live, and and it was mentioned to me that they felt a wild card too, and I I like didn't check the standings that morning, and I didn't realize like what a far drop it was so it's been something i've been watching ever since because i'm like could they fall out could 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 they somehow slip after that strong start and it was interesting too because they were of like the teams that were like contenders they were the only one like the stars were somehow considered an underdog or a dark horse and teams like that and and the devils and and the islanders but i'm like the jets are the one i just don't have as much faith in because for one i didn't expect josh morrissey to bounce back like he did so a ton of credit to him but it's Connor Hellenbach, friend of our, you know, friend of the pod, Connor, crushing it again. But we've seen him play at such a high level and the team not do enough around him. And in the beginning of the season, that was again the case. And it did start to turn around. But you look at these last 20 games, and I was looking at it earlier. I have to think of a, a nice witty, the vibes or something for the Jets. I had unfinished, but I'm I'm just not loving it. They can't finish their chances over the last they 20 games. They can't land the biggest plane, problem. Shana. Yeah. FTC is plane. struggling. <laughs> the vibes are turbulent for the Jets. There we go. There we go. Oh, I'm not good at this. And now I feel inspired. I just need to be around your energy. Else and, and these like witty names come. But seriously, like the the difference between you can look at their season wide. And if you want like hockey vids, right, it's a quick way to look at this. And you look at their saving chart. You can see it's covered in blue because they're saving more goals above expected. But if you look at their finishing chart offensively in all situations, you can just see once again, it's covered in blue. They are barely above average offensively. They are barely above average defensively at five on five. 
but the fact that they can't cash in and they have players who are good enough to finish their chances, right? Pierre-Luc Dubois has finishing talent. Nikolai Ehlers, if he would ever get some goddamn minutes is Kyle Connor is fantastic too. And it seems like some of the gaps in those players games has been like worked on, but this one hill they can't get over. And it seems like nobody wants to be held accountable. Like, Sarah, you pointed out a couple weeks ago when Nino, who just joined the team, is answering to the media when Kyle Connor and Mike Shifley weren't. Meanwhile, they're the stars of that team, right? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, that is just weird. And I felt, I hate ever calling players out, especially when I don't know what's really going on, right? I mean, there could have been any reason for whatever situation that was, but it really seems like. I know Nino and it makes me he's just like the sweetest little boy ever. Like I it just it's kind of crazy that he gets there and immediately has to like say all this stuff about the team he doesn't even know. It's just kind of ridiculous that they let that happen. But you can see and I, I want to say I don't think it's bonus's fault at all. I think it's kind of the construction of the team and these problems, whatever. But I think we'll see how they respond to what he said, because I do think in this situation that's kind of a Hail Mary. Can I say though, he's not my favorite coach and I think he lacks innovation and I think it's been a problem forever. Like we can't forget, like he was in Tampa Bay and he was their defensive assistant and he was so old school and they were so bad defensively. And then the second they, you know, he left, everything kind of turned around for them. We saw them have a better two-way game and the same was true. Like you look at Dallas, they had one good line, a goaltender and a really good defenseman under him, nothing else. So he goes to Winnipeg and it's like, I get he was, to them, Barry Trotz light because that's who they wanted. I think that's who they needed above all else. But it's like, it kind of shows the gap in the coaching pick tied with the gap in the roster. If you had an elite coach, I think you could outperform the sum of the team. But right now it's like two lackluster options together is just, do they want to make the playoffs? Does anybody want wild card two in the East or West? I'm asking for a friend. It feels like no one wants to go. They've reached their cruising altitude. You're welcome. You're welcome. They're crash landing right now after losing to crash landing in San Jose. They're done. My God. Well, I no, just kidding. They're going to make it because no one else wants to. I know. Well, I mean, Winnipeg is certainly the story, but I'll tell you, it's let's talk also about um, two teams that we haven't really mentioned, and that's Calgary and Nashville. And I think on various instances, you know, you talk about no one wants it. Who's going to fall in? It seems to this second wild card spot. Um, here was a fun fact that that came out today. If the Flames make the playoffs, their league-leading 21 overtime and shootout games will be a major factor, despite Calgary having a 6-15 and 15 record in those games. The Flames are only two points behind the Jets, despite having seven fewer wins. Are you more shocked by Calgary? Basically, you know, people don't like the loser point in some ways, gaming the system to possibly get in or a team that literally said we're sellers at the deadline in Nashville now still flirting around a chance to make a wild card spot, Sarah, which team shocks you or impresses you or you're more offended by most? I don't think Calgary set out to do that. Like, I don't think like you have to be kind of there's like so much bad or good luck, depending on what happens, put into this, right? I'm going to say bad luck, but but also bad playing, you know? It, like, it's kind of just such a ridiculous situation. But now, I mean, I'm biased. Now that they had such a good pride night, I kind of just want to see them in. That's <laughs> literally, like, I, I have to be honest, that's literally what I think. 
And I like Nazem Kadri. I do like Nazem Kadri. Yeah. I can't help it. I He's, can't help it. Oh my God. No, be, for better or for what, like, no matter what he does, he makes the playoffs interesting. 100%. Shayna, which team is more, this is a terrible word, but more legitimate in your eyes, should they actually make it into the postseason, Nashville or Calgary? It's definitely Calgary because like Nashville isn't here to be good, right? Yeah, Nashville's sold at the deadline. UC Saros has had such an unbelievable season and he's, except for that game against Seattle, which ruined my fantasy season. Thank you, UC. We're in a fight right now. But he's he's had he's done everything and more like how many years have we seen it where the team is very mid and then he does something incredible to drag them into the playoffs only for them to lose in round one because he has zero support like this year he's like no i'm gonna be elite all season i'm gonna be one of the best goalies in the league the entire year and it does not matter so if they make it it's because of him but like right now where the team is at injuries in mind and subtractions at the deadline which made sense for them to make finally it's like a young group that's kind of fighting, finding their footing. There's some players putting up big performances while they have veterans like Ryan McDonough who are kind of holding it down too. It's They're interesting, but are they the more complete team? No, it's Calgary. Calgary, 100%. Mm. Calgary has enough skill up front. They have good forward depth. They have a really strong blue line. And we know goaltending can be better than what we've seen. And we have seen Markstrom trending in the right direction as of late. It's just not enough. Um, it feels like they need one more bit of star power up front, like another really high end winger, maybe, uh, or second line center. No, they're good on side. It's, it's Lynn Holm and Kadri. I think that's actually completely fine. And then Backlund as a third, three C take that back. It's a winger. They need one more legitimate, obviously shooting winger to kind of balance out their lineup a little bit more. And they'd be a legit contender. And I think with, again, another team, a little more innovation behind the bench, you'd have a much different result, but they're the more complete team. And if they miss out, it's the bigger disappointment. It, it's, it's a disappointment for them because they committed to these next three years. And now if they don't make it, that's such a failure on their part. Sarah, of the three candidates who are in the mid-off, <laughs> Nashville, Calgary, and Winnipeg, when all the dust settles, which team is your pick to be in the playoff bracket? <sighs> I'm riding with Winnipeg. I still think like they're they they are the best. Like the way I'm looking at it right now is if what if one of these teams got into the playoffs, who could maybe hold their own in round one? And I right. think it would be Winnipeg. Solid, Shana. Which team is your pick? Yeah, like it's tempting with Nashville because they have two fewer games played. So in mm. theory, that's four more points. But do I think they're going to guarantee get those four extra points? No. And again, that's okay. Um, I think that Winnipeg's early successes, you know, in, in the point column is what's going to help them stay there just over Calgary. Who It feels like every step forward, if they take a leap forward, here's two steps back. Like every time they build a little bit and have some progress, it feels like they just kick back, you know, kick back a notch. But it's going to be interesting now, like we made fun of Sutter, right? And and the stuff with Jacob Peltier and how everything kind of went south for them, like once he was an asshole about that. And now you have Bonus, who's being like, you know, the tough love to his team. Like, are we going to see the coaches trend in the opposite directions? And that's going to decide the final answer for the teams. Like, I, I, I don't know. That would be kind of funny to me. Well, there's our picks. Uh, what did you pick? Your pick. Did you pick? Excuse I said, me? I, it's, it's did Winnipeg. you pick? Okay. I picked Allison, Winnipeg. Who did you pick? pick? Yeah, I, you know what? I... <laughs> Well, she went on about Nashville. That's why I got confused. I am looking 
I, here's the thing. Nashville, like I just watched them up close for two games and I just, I don't think Nashville can do it. And now Matt Duchesne is hurt. Um, he has a ha- hand injury. Um, and he's obviously, he, he was their first goal scorer to reach 20 goals. And it was just like three games ago. They were the last team in the league to have a 20 goal scorer this season. Like that's crazy. Um, so I just don't think they can get it done. It's so fitting Bruto. though. I know. I Even know. Arizona beat them though, but you know, Arizona plays good at home. There. I mean, I'm going to go with yeah, Winnipeg. Leave Mullet Arena alone. <laughs> I, I Listen, I want to go see a game there. I'm on record as that. Um, I'm going to go Winnipeg too, I think. I mentioned Matt Duchesne's injury, a couple other key injuries that may or may not affect the West. Um, just to keep an eye on, Shea Theodore left last night's game. Again, Tuesday's games we're recording on Wednesday um, for Vegas. Trevor Zegras got hurt and Ryan Reeves got hurt um, from Minnesota. But with all that to be considered, just quick picks right now in terms of top of the West, you have Minnesota leading the Central and with 95 points, 74 games played. The two teams coming out of the Pacific that are vying for top team in the West are Vegas, who has played one less game. They have 98 points, so one less game, three points ahead. And Los Angeles, who is one point ahead of Wild, two points behind Vegas with 96, and also 73 games played. Of those three teams, Minnesota, Vegas, and L.A., who comes out tops in the Western Conference, Shana? That's really hard because you have Colorado, like, right there, too, in um, in the Central. And I think tonight's game, well it'll be last night's game for everyone else is going to be like so important, but I'm actually, I'm going to go Minnesota right now. Ooh. I think yeah, like, okay. Philip Gustafson had an incredible February. And while he's kind of like trailed off, you see Mark Andre Fleury back in form. He looks great this month. And you kind of see having that goalie depth has allowed a really good rotation. The biggest reason though, and is they still have their defensive strengths, right? Brodeen, is playing really great with Dumba. You have Spurgeon, Middleton. Those are two of like the top 10, top 20 pairs in I think actual goals, uh, goals rate against at five on five and their expected goals against is still very strong. But like we think of the wild as boring. Look what Matt Boldy is doing with Kaprizov hurt. He is, I think he had two hat tricks in four games. They figured out that line, you know, with Joel Erickson acting him and is it, which way is he saying his name? Is it Johansson or Johansson this week? He's back to Johansson. Okay. Johansson <laughs> completing that line. They're playing at an incredible level. They're outscoring opponents 11 to three right now. And Although, while that's not sustainable, you, the underlying numbers are. I have to tell you, yeah. I, we love our friend Arda on ESPN, but I was obviously watching the game where Boldy had his second hat trick because it was against the Kraken. And he's like, that line with Johansson is one of the top lines since March 1st. I'm like, because it didn't exist before March 1st. Like, acknowledge this is a trade deadline. <laughs> it's like combined plus minus. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, since their inception, exactly. they're crushing it. Right. Literally trade deadline. True. <laughs> Sarah, who's your pick to win the West? God. Literally the wild, wild West. I had no idea. I mean, I had an idea this was happening, but there's 7-1-2 in their last... And, and it's just crazy how they have climbed to the top. I, that said, I don't think they're going to win it. I think they, that they don't need to though. Like they did what they needed to do to solidify their spot in the playoffs. And then they were just like, actually, we're going to like keep going at it. So thank you, Ryan Reeves. When Ryan Reeves does well, everybody else does well. This is why he's hurt. I've had like a special. Oh yeah, I know. I know. But he did what he needed to do. (laughs) He did. He brought the vibes up. How long is he everybody out for? Else? We don't, I don't think we know yet. 
Okay, hopefully not that long. I just love that guy, but I, I think oh, I think the Golden Knights are just gonna end up winning. They got a they're eight two oh in their last ten too. So it's been like they fell off a little bit for a little bit there, but they're back too. And I think at the end of the day, that's the team. Like they, they started out the strongest and they're gonna just have the most points and win it. Unless just, America's team, the Edmonton Oilers, no. just broke them. Just, just for chaos. Who yeah, do you think? I, I, for chaos' sake, I'm actually going to say LA because I think they're the healthier team, and I think um, they might be a touch more consistent. And I'm voting for chaos, so that's my vote. That's they my have vote. been fantastic since the deadline, too. I know, I know. since their no, inception. Healthy, so I like that pick. Since since Eunice <laughs> Corpusal, it's Corpusal's entire career in LA. They've been exceptional. That, that, and they have that you know, perfect balance, two of goalies, the even rotation. Yes. It does matter. It, it just it works. Does. It does. <laughs> All right, my friends. Uh Crazy. keep your keep your <laughs> I love how when we ask Sarah questions, it's like it's like just like, oh, like it's draining. It's very good. I your commitment is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we end every episode, friends, with our favorite game. And that is, of course, fuck Mary Kill in honor of the wild wild west here are today's candidates and sarah you are up first are you ready yes fuck mary kill playoffs being decided a month ahead jostling till the final day that being playoffs only wild cards up in the air by the end of the season go um for entertainment this is all different questions but if i'm an objective watcher of the sport for entertainment value i'm marrying jostling until the last day i remember the first time the canes made the playoffs in years nine years i was there and it was literally the most now they're just like okay we made the playoffs it was like the most intense special thing in the world and it, it was cool like how they just had to fight to get there i will fuck only wild cards being till the end because it's still really entertaining and fun and it gives more of an advantage to teams being good in the regular season because like i we've started to question okay if the president's trophy curse really exists then what is the benefit to being good during the regular season and the bruins are showing that yes you can sit marshan you can sit whoever and it really doesn't matter and i'm going to kill what was that being decided everything being decided a month ahead yeah yeah. Well, I'm killing that because then, oh my God, if you've ever covered a team that has like made it and then you're just like sitting there and like nothing crazy is happening, it's pretty boring. I will say though, the year that the Jackets had the 16 game win streak that tied NHL history, they they mm-hmm. clinched re- really early, especially for them, and then limped into the postseason. That's what we talked about last episode too. Like how you finish yeah. regardless is still- Of course though. Still. Shayna, your turn. I'm going to agree with all three. Uh, I don't want everything to be in place a month ahead. I'm bored. Um, I will fuck, though, the wild cards being the only thing up in the air because I, I, that's a good point, too, right there. Like, what happens at the end of the year? How do you trend? How do you manage? Also, how do you handle the playoffs? If you're there, I, I don't mind there being some sort of advantage for, for the higher-seeded teams, right, that they get to know their opponent. While I think that, you know, the last month of play, I want it only in conference play and primarily in division to really keep things as competitive to the last day, I get the advantage. So if you're our friends, the Toronto Maple Leafs, there you know you're is. playing Tampa for months. There it is. <laughs> Had job. to bring it home. Good job. So, champion. We 
want to see how how do they handle it they know that they have tampa bay how much do they study them how much do the coaches study them the players study them are they keeping their focus there are they branching out and keeping their perspective wide open about the rest of the league to just keep working on their game like how do you handle this from a strategy standpoint bring some intrigue while you're still curious about the wild card seeds because of chaos um and i will marry jostling to the last day because that that's what we're all looking for right i want it that the season's decided at the end i want all 82 games even though it shouldn't be 82 games in a season anyway to matter i want to be entertained i want chaos i want everything up in the air even though that's gonna fuck me when i write previews and things like that i don't care well with apologies to the writers and with apologies to the every team's marketing department that isn't sure what's happening until the last possible minute i actually agree <laughs> with both of you uh we want the fun we want the chaos it's so exciting to see what's happening. Like what happened last night literally was ridiculous. And everyone was like, it could never happen. It could never happen. And it happened. So um, I have nothing more to add because I literally agree with both of you. And you've covered all of the salient points because you're both brilliant. So there you go. All right, my friends, uh, that ends this episode of Too Many Men. As always, you can find us on the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore much underscore man. Connect with us there. Suggest story topics. Give us your nominations for Fuck, Mary Kill. We'll decide what we want to talk about because, hey, it's our show. Um, but hey, we love to hear from you. Interact with us. You can also find in our bios on both of those sites a link to our shop where you can buy Too Many Men merch, including hats, sweatshirts, T-shirts, Bit-O-News T-shirts, switch cases. We've seen some of those out in the wild again lately. That's awesome. Notebooks, burn books, watch bands, all kinds of cool stuff. And all of those proceeds do not stick with us. They get turned right around and go back to the community and to people and organizations who are working tirelessly to do great things and support what we ask each of you to do in any way you possibly can every day. And that's no matter how big or small, do something to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. We will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.